I have feelings about them. I don't know. There's something about them. Even before the show, like, I was like, ugh. Just because you're a bit jealous because they've got more than 100 YouTube subscribers. <laughs> I have 191, thank you very much. Ooh, well done. Ooh, I've made it. When do you get your first plaque from YouTube then? <laughs> Never. Never. Because uh, they are gay haters. They hate the gays. This is very true, to be fair, actually. I mean, the algorithms are like, homophobic as shit. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children and no genders, guys, gals and non-binary pals, welcome to Driving You Homo, the radio show podcast YouTube extravaganza, where we delve into everything within the queer sphere that you need to hear. So, let's get started. As always, I'm Wayne Carter, cabaret burlesque comedian, radio presenter on all-round drag shambles, and today, live in the virtual studios, I've got talent, diva, beauty, grace, that is Flick. Oh... Flick. Is it just flick? Is it just flick? Is it flick or flick the drag queen? How do we, how do we intro you now? Flick. Flick is fine. Flick is fine. <laughs> the so only reason it's flick the drag queen on my socials is because flick was already gone. So yeah. How dare they? How dare they? They can, okay. they can, they can flick all the way off. That's what Absolutely. they can do. <laughs> <laughs> so flick, how are you doing, doll? How's life? I'm alive, so that's good. <laughs> that's a start. Um, I'm very well, actually. I can't. I shan't complain. I shan't complain. Oh well, you do look beautiful, gal. Thank you. It took me long enough. So it, it took you minutes to get this pretty. Uh, so those yeah. for those for those playing the home game, if you're not visually aware of Flick's presence, how would we describe this Luke? Ooh, I don't know. It's just what I. Could chuck on from the charity <laughs> shop essentially that's that's the look now it's leopard print realness yeah cut slater vinegar mm -hmm. strokesy yeah i see that tashy gone for a little bit of a low low brow on me uh on, on i did see the low low brow moment on the on the tash so you're like half vinnie strokes half low low brow but then you've got like this eye look that is very like is it mild mild taylor trash like a mild... Just, maybe. I don't know, it's just... Like, I've never been able to wear bottom lashes. And I still can't, really, but... Um, <laughs> it's what I what I can get away with with my squinty little eyes. Yes, I am. I, I also support you on that lash journey, because I also have problematic eyes when it comes to uh, the drag. And uh, sometimes I don't wear lashes. And I have been critiqued by many people uh, for not wearing lashes. Do you feel, Flick, as a drag performer yourself, do you feel that there are certain things in drag that are important for you to stand out as a drag performer? Not really. I mean, I, I <laughs> joke with you saying you need to put some bloody lashes on. Yeah. But, but like, you don't have to, especially if you're wearing glasses. There's a lot of performers um, that have mm. to wear glasses. Um, and it's difficult. It's very homophobic to wear eye eyelashes under glasses so oh yeah it is a journey no. but um whatever whatever suits you because i mean as long as it's on your brand and you're a mess so why not <laughs> thank, thank you for validating my messy journey um so um uh for those of you playing the home game flick and i have been uh 
surrounding each other's spheres for quite a while now, but then you decided to leave me because you are a successful human and you traveled, this is uh, pre-COVID-19, you traveled overseas for your drag. Mm. What happened there? Well, I don't really know. I kind of fell into it and it just <laughs> happened by accident. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Why not? Um, no, but I, I, I've been talking to this company um, for a while and then I was just a little bit done and depressed with London mm -hmm. um, because of various reasons. Also, like uh, as, a, as a boy side of this, I'm an actor as well. So not like getting auditions or getting jobs as a boy and then also like competing for jobs um, as, as flick. It, it, and then living in London and having to work a job to pay my rent and all my bills and everything alongside yeah. that, it was just very stressful and very like difficult. And I think like emotionally and mentally, I had to take myself away. And I was like, do I really want to go back to the countryside and live with my parents? No. <laughs> Would I rather live in the Canary Islands and like be a free person? <laughs> yes. Um, and then also I got to do drag every day. So it was... Yeah, of did, a no-brainer. Did you do you find because I, I have seen an evolution in your drag, and did you did you did you find that having to do drag every single day changed you and changed your drag and your like outlook on your performance style um, compared to how when you first started? How how has it how has it evolved? How has Flick evolved? Yeah, definitely. Like especially like just first and foremost do your makeup every single day like mm. made me get better like <laughs> i was forced to get better so and then also it sometimes like depends on like how rushed i was um sometimes i would not block my eyebrows out and that was something i thought i'd never ever do so wait you didn't block your brows or you did i did and i didn't so it depended um on on the day so sometimes i'd have like two hours to get ready fine I could block my brows out um so uh, to begin with I shaved like half of them off as well uh, but then I was like no 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 I need to grow these back um but then if I had like an hour to get ready or even less like 40 minutes then I'd be like well, I'll just use my real eyebrows um and smaller lashes <laughs> um and so and I didn't have facial hair then so like I got very good at doing sort of like I don't know very pretty makeup um looking like a real woman as much as you can Yes. Um, so that was that was a, a, a big part of the journey. And then also doing like the same stuff every single day. Like it was almost mm -hmm. like an acting job because it was like you're in it for, for nine months, ten months. And then you're doing the same things. And sometimes things would change and new cast members would come and, and old ones would leave. Um, so it was it was about finding like well, when you have an acting job, it's about finding the new stuff that you can within the old mm -hmm. repeating and keeping it fresh um and i think mainly it just gave me a lot more confidence like i'm fabulous i'm wonderful and it doesn't matter what everyone else is or what they're doing i'm amazing which is something that like it, 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 you need to work on constantly even now especially now with like lockdown and, and quarantine and corona and everything so it's like you still have to remind yourself and work on it. I think that's the hardest, like, I think that's the hardest part about being a performer for me as well. So like, we're on a similar mental health journey and to like, remind ourselves that like, 
yes, you are amazing, yes, you are fabulous, yes, you are great at the things that you do, and you should not compare yourself to other people, because, mm. so, like, I fall into this category of seeing fellow performers like yourself, who I'm like, they're, um, like, Flickr's doing amazing, look at how they look, look at how they're presenting themselves, look at how they perform, they're amazing, I wish I could do these things, and then you have to stop and think and go, okay, they're great, objectively they are great, I love them because they're friends and they're naturally talented people, but then also I am great as well in my own way, um, but then you've got to take that positivity but then as a creative go, okay, but how can I objectively get better, like what can I improve? Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's a hard... And I think it's even worse as well, like during the, the last few months that we've had, because we compare ourselves constantly everybody does yeah and then when you have real life you can kind of disassociate that and, and distract yourself but when you're got nothing to do but sit there and scroll through instagram facebook and twitter and see all of these people and can you just compare yourself it's natural and you have to just kind of remind yourself like no like you're not that person and like you are yourself and as yeah. long as you're happy with what you're doing and creating then like that's all that matters. Doesn't matter what everyone else. Also, Facetune is a thing as well, mm -hmm. and that is triggering. I don't know if you saw this a couple of months ago, but like, um, I posted a picture of me without Facetune and a picture of me heavily Facetuned, and the difference was like, wow! Like, because people were like, "Oh my god, you look amazing!" Like, because I put the Facetune one up, and then I was like, "Oh no, this isn't, this isn't me. Like, this is, this is internet trickery." And when you sent me that photo, I was like, it doesn't matter how much makeup you have on. Nobody's skin is that smooth. Nobody's. <laughs> That's the truth. But then all... Other people didn't understand and were like, oh my God, you look amazing. Your journey, like, it's great. Well done. I was like, I was like, really? Like, <laughs> I, I was... I was like, because you, you did it so that it was so obviously, like, the yeah. opposite and, and, like, unreal. And But people still were tricked. Still, like, still genuinely. I don't, I don't get... How, like, genuinely people in my life outside of performing, outside of drag, outside of um, the arts were, like, messaging me going, like, oh, you're, 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 like, the evolution is great, like, you're doing so well, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, give it, like, give it 24 hours. I'm posting, I'm posting the actual picture and it's going to be messy and it's going to be gross, but, like, it's still, it's still, like, it, it's hard because, like, the, the progression you ha it takes a long time especially if you're not naturally skilled in that area it takes a while to grow and develop With, without a doubt I, I never got into drag for the makeup like lots of people get into it for different reasons and yeah. doing the makeup was one of the worst like experiences for me i loved it when you were in the changing rooms like doing it with having a key with, with your yeah yeah Amazing, but like the actual art of putting makeup on my face, I had no idea. And I watched you like YouTube tutorials and everything and tried, but I just looked a mess. I've only just recently like learned how to glue down my eyebrows. So like, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. Can I ask a question? Can I ask a genuine question? What do you use sure. to block your brows? It depends. So like, if I'm taking a quick photo or I'm I'm here and I'm just mm. sitting and, and chatting, then I'll use glue. Um. But if it's if I'm performing, I get very sweaty very quickly, and yeah. so I use Prosaid because it's water resistant. But it's awful to try and get off. <laughs> I've got I've got a small tub of Prosaid. Ooh, Prosaid. Uh, Good luck. Don't spill it. Believe oh, me. Don't genuinely. Don't spill it. 
it goes how okay I, okay we're, get, we're gonna have to do a brow tutorial at some point because like blocking my brows is like genuinely one of the hard like i think that's the for me when i'm doing my drag and is that one of the first things that you think of when you start um doing your drag is it like making sure that the canvas is set essentially yeah i do well only just recently have i started just doing my eyes first and then I'll go and do the rest of the face because with my contour and um, my blush and everything literally because of doing it from being in Lanzarote for 10 months like done so quick like I can do that really really quick it's the eyes that I I struggle with because mm. especially because I've got the squinty little eyes it's difficult to try and draw a canvas but yeah I do my eyes first yeah. um, and blocking out and because blocking out the brows takes forever, forever. as well and, and and you know when you're doing it if it's if it's gonna look good or not and you're just like shall I just start again like how much time have I got like <laughs> but I make a point of if you look at my Instagram you can see I've only got a few photos but you see like back like how awful I looked before I went to um, Lanzarote and then how average I look now <laughs> it's like I don't use Facetune I'll use a little filter and that's it because I want people to see that like this is actually what like that what, what I look like in real life. Like if you come to see a gig, then you'd see like my, some of my unblendedness. And I'll show you that in a photo. Sometimes my eyebrows will be a little bit like sweated through. Uh, and that's fine. Like it happens. So I, yeah, I I don't know. I don't like face tune. Because I I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it myself. Um, because the same, same, same reason is like, I don't want to project a misleading... Um, expectation like i want people to go like this is the person we're booking this is this is why we want this person not because they're heavily face tuned but in saying that you you do you gal like if you mm. want to like do that then that's great but that is not my journey and it doesn't seem to be your journey either because you said that makeup was not the reason you got into drag why did you start doing drag like what was the journey there like what went i need to be doing this and well, I've I've always wanted to kind of like I've always dipped into um to drag and I mean the reason I got into acting was because I love dressing up like yeah. I love it and it to me it doesn't matter whether I'm in a Shakespearean play wearing woolen tights or whether I'm like a drag queen wearing well no tights today but like <laughs> nylon tights so it doesn't matter it's dressing up it's having fun and like Flick was like a a, cre a creation a character like she's the epitome of Essex girl that you've seen in the in the smoking area and she's drunk and she then she becomes your best friend and you're just like oh, we need to get rid of this girl but in the end of the night you're like okay we love her like she's a new friend okay and so so currently we have on on the television we have a famous drag performer from essex is flick similar different in a similar world in a different world to cheryl hole do we think well, I think similar, but then I think also like my experience with Essex as 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 John as, as a boy is different to Cheryl Hole's experience because mm. they grew up in a very different part. Like they grew up in sort of like very populated town, sort of near London. I grew up in the countryside, Essex, very near Suffolk, like where nothing happens. So it's like there's two different experiences of Essex See. that obviously then influence us. And of course, we are that stereotype of the Essex girl so that's going to come through but then I think Flick is just a lot more 
like dirty <laughs> and uh, and like tongue in cheek sexual because yeah. the whole the whole premise of Flick is that she's like a heartbroken love lost Essex girl who just wants to be loved. Oh. That's all she wants is just to be loved. Well, you need um, to get on Bumble, girl. Get on. I'm Bumble. on it all. Don't you worry. I've run out of I've run out of swipes <laughs> in this countryside. Honestly, there is no more swipes left. I've had to put it all the way to London, and. Um, Oh, I mean, you'll have to come back at some point. You'll have to come back and get get your swipe on. And uh, can I ask a genuine question? Hmm. Th this is something, as opposed to the other questions I've asked, which have not been genuine. Um, I okay, I am on the dating apps as well because I am what's known as cripplingly alone. And I, uh, I on my pictures in my display pictures, I'll have Wayne, 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 but then. At the last picture, or like somewhere in the photo gallery, I'll have a picture of my drag persona, Lia Bell. Um, do you do the same thing, or do you keep it all your outside of drag character? Uh, sorry, outside of drag, like day self. Is that all on your social media? Uh, on your dating apps, or do you like? My, my, do you my do character? You, yeah, do you? Yeah, do your day character. No, like <laughs> do you? So like my because I I have seen other drag performers on dating apps and they do not have any of their drag on their mm. dating apps. It's just them, which is fine. But for me, I think um, if you're going to get into the relationship with me, you need to know from the jump that this is the kind of crazy life that I lead and. I don't want you to like swipe yes to go like yes let's date this human and then go oh I don't like drag Blah. like I want you to know from the jump that this is the crazy you're in for whereas like it seems like people are hiding that part of themselves I don't know it's weird yeah I think well I mean I suppose it is because there's a lot of like conversations on certain Facebook groups um, about like would you ever date a drag queen and if, like it's at the end of the day it's a job like it doesn't like I, I would date an accountant like, they might be I mean, a bit I, boring. I was going like, to say, I wouldn't, but go but, on. But that's, but, like, that's their job. They're not, well, mm. hopefully they're more interesting than their job. And, yeah, and I think it's everyone's, like, preference. And to be fair, when it comes to certain apps, I'll have certain pictures. So, like, if it's a hookup and, and it's grinder, then, well, then they're going to meet the boy me. That's it. Like, yeah. that's kind of what I look at it for. Oh, so, that, so grinder is like this, and then... And then, and then Tinder and like, everything else is, is, is all, is <laughs> everything. Like, because, yeah, because I don't look for relationships on Grindr, like, but I would, if, like, if I am on, on the other apps, then, and yeah, and also it's a big thing for me because, like, my, my past relationship, uh, long-term relationship broke up because of drag and yeah. it was, it was the start of my, like, sort of drag journey and, they were like, ooh, no, that's like, and lots of, lots of issues with them, and that's a them problem, and I was yeah. like, that's not a me problem, off you go. Yeah. Um, so I don't want that to be, like, a problem from the get-go. I'm very open book, so you'll see pictures of, of, of me, you'll see mm -hmm. pictures of Flick, you'll see, like, like, even in what I write, like, I don't want to date a Tory, so I'll make sure I put that in my, in my bio, like, no, thank you, you can swipe left, because I don't want to waste my time, like, yeah, <laughs> and I exactly. don't want you to waste your time. Exactly, like. that's my big thing, I'm like, I don't want to waste anyone's time, life is, like, precious, and we live in a very, like, fast-paced global world, um, I, I want things when I want them, and, like, I don't want you to, like, it's, it's too much, and so, like, the amount of times I've seen, like, a drag performer who's mutual friends with us and i've gone oh i've seen you on 
insert name of whichever app it is wasn't on grinder though so like so like imagine like tinder or bumble it was one of those two or like one of those apps and i'm like why are you hiding a part of like your your what i noticed okay what i noticed was this drag performer that we're good friends with um was uh very mask presenting on these apps I'm intrigued to know which one you have to tell me exactly. Okay, I think I think I know which one you're talking about because I think they popped up on my um yeah on, on one of my my things as well. So, yes, carry on. Sorry. So so and this is and this is the thing that frustrates me is because they're very mask presenting in the images on their social media on like their dating profile, but I know who they are as a person and they're very femme, which is again fine because I'm on a femme mask journey. I'm somewhere in the middle, but like. I don't know why you would try and hide your femininity or your your who you are as a person to try and get potential love interests or potential sexual encounters. Like it doesn't make sense to me why you would because they're gonna meet you and they're mm. gonna like as soon as you open your mouth, they're gonna be like, Oh, okay, Linda, this is who you are. Like okay, it's just it's too much. I like when yeah. Is but, every, everyone everyone is can do whatever they want with their body and, and themselves and everything but i think that mm. it is it's you're setting yourself up for disappointment because also like it's not i suppose i don't know that there's lots of reasons it could be but for like yeah. i know like for me like i used to kind of do that and it was because like i was having this like presenting something that i wanted to be and i and, and i wasn't ashamed of and uh, and like especially being an actor you're very aware of the way that you walk the way that you talk and like being like oh no i don't want to sound too girly like i don't want to sound... but then there's nothing wrong with that like now i'm like there's nothing wrong with that yeah but it's as, like, as you always say it's a journey and everybody can go at their own pace but i don't want to set myself up for disappointment and and that's why i try and just to be as like as honest and real as I can be, so that when I do meet somebody, they're like not surprised. They're like, oh, you're a bit different. <laughs> and so that's that's the sort of tea with me is like I, I I'm a hundred percent unapologetically myself. I am somewhere in the middle between femme and mask. I'm somewhere in the like I'm on that non-binary journey. Um, it's it's one of those things where like you get a hundred percent me. Like you don't get me at like I'm not trying to hide parts of myself. And like, if, if I have an issue with you or if I have a story, like, conversate, like, <sighs> just, <laughs> I just, I can't with people's nonsense. Um, speaking of nonsense and speaking of dating, it's been mildly difficult to date during a global pandemic, especially when you live, what is it next door to a cow paddock? Where do you, where are you based? Honestly, I well currently I'm like Suffolk Essex border, so right. it is literally just fields of nothing and sugar beet, and that's it. Ooh. Like Silver Spoon, you know Silver Spoon, the sugar, not sponsored by that. <laughs> um, the, yeah, it's just down the road. You could be the, the you could be like the Silver Beet Queen. You know? Yes, <laughs> that and then the Purina Dog and Food Factory is down the other end. So that you've got the smell of, like sugar and the okay. smell of dog food and then you've got me in the middle and that's kind of what i'm at at the moment so, okay so so you, so all things sweet on one side when they're all... making the sugar it don't smell sweet believe me oh, oh. god it stings it's gross it's so... awful so but yes yeah, sweet that side and, and, and savory that side 
<laughs> I was gonna say dogs on one side, sweetness on the other side, in the middle, like it's like Powerpuff Girls, all things into the pot, and then outside comes Flick creation. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> that that encapsulates it all. So, like we were talking about, we we're talking about dating apps, and we we're talking about dating and uh, coronavirus and COVID. How has um, how has your romantic romantic rendezvous been over the last, let's say, three six months? Well non-existent is, 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 is the only description now the reason <laughs> the reason i mentioned this is because we were talking just off off camera before um about this and you said that you have not been uh with a and you have not entertained a gentleman caller in some time and you were able to do something that was quite what's the word i guess like yay Yay! Well done. That some people say it's it's a beautiful thing. Can you explain what you did to help folk, and why I am essentially saying, yay? Well, I mean, I'm always helping folk. I just can't help it. But, you um... are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> help the helpless. But... <laughs> but what you're talking about in reference is in July, I was for the first time ever in my 27 years of existence gave blood for the first time. Mm -hmm. and that was a big thing. That was a big thing because you have to be like celibate for three months, and that means nothing like n nothing, not, yeah. even, not even a handy, nothing <laughs> like not even allowed. <laughs> so if I looked at you with like sexual eyes, you'd be like, no, 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 blood, no, no. no. <laughs> so, so as a queer, as a queer man or a gay man, there are lots of rules and regulations about why you cannot donate blood for multiple reasons. And I don't think any of them make sense just quietly. Mm. It doesn't make sense to me. I think the blood, my understanding anyway, is that like, if there's someone, if someone is taking your blood, they should be testing the blood to make sure that it is viable. It should be um, able to be used. So, like, if I had, God forbid, if I had cancer or something and I then donate blood, I don't know if I would be allowed to donate blood because of my illness. Whole, I, I don't know how diseases and illnesses work, but, like, my understanding is that, like, the blood donors would like a blood donation service would check the blood to make sure it's viable so the fact that their 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 justification for not allowing gay men specifically to donate blood um is because there is a risk of hiv and aids well it's well it's it's actually men who sleep with men with other Sorry. men that, yeah. that's 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 the that's the term on the form um, yeah. men that sleep with other men and it's a homophobic like regulation from 100%. the 80s that still hasn't hasn't changed so it used to be no you just blanket no not allowed to and then it changed to um three months of um celibacy but this is it's a, it's homophobic in the sense of like if you're in a same-sex relationship and you have been for the past 20 years and you've only ever slept with each other and that's it you're still not allowed to give blood even mm. though you're only sleeping with each other but because you're two you're a man who sleeps with another man that's a not that is not allowed and I, it's ridiculous because like the we uh, like I've wanted to give blood like um, ever since I was very young and my mum used to do it all the time I've wanted to and I've never been able to and like it's like why the, why the hell not like mm. <laughs> like I, I want to give you my blood like just take it <laughs> I, I I would help you I want to assist and it well I'm I'm the same I'm the same but I'm, unfortunately I'm sexually blessed 
um, people people want me for my flesh, and so um, I'm not uh, I'm not able to donate blood currently in this current climate. So, but it is I I'm I'm the same as you. Is I I genuinely have always wanted, and even in Australia, similar similar legislation and laws. Same in America as well. Yeah, it just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that like like if someone is HIV, like if someone has HIV or there is a higher risk of someone having HIV, because my understanding or my thinking is that, like, I could be wrong here, but the highest rate of people with HIV or AIDS are African women. African women by uh, over, they have more, African women more, there is more people with HIV and AIDS that are African women than there are gay men. But because the stigma is that gay men have it, then it, it has, skyrocketed into a, a thing which is it is what it is um but so that that justification would say then okay if an african woman is going to donate blood they need to be tested to make sure that they don't have hiv or aids or they have to be asked that question and if they do then the blood has to be which is fine but the same question should be asked to the gay man that's my thinking anyway it's well yeah it's it i mean as i said it stems from the 80s with the aids outbreak yeah um and the outbreak so yeah. we're at higher risk but then it's it's stupid because you could be a straight person and you could yeah. sleep with somebody the day before and then unprotected and then go and um give blood and there's no questions really asked or like, you could be a straight person you could you could be a straight person and have hiv and aids Yes, well, absolutely, and as, as you said, the, the blood is tested. So, like, if if anything, they're not going to use it. Like, so, like, and it will be tested. I get that it's a um, like a waste of resources and time and everything, but everyone's the blood is tested. But, but all, for some but reason, the, on this yeah, sheet, it's only also, men but, who sleep with men that are. But that also, are that but also, there aren't like giving blood is not like a thing that a lot of people are like oh yeah queen i'm gonna go give blood like it's not a thing that people like are actively going in their droves to go and do it's people who like yourself who are like i want to give back to the community i i want to do this i'm in a position to do this i'm educated enough to know why this is important and why i want to do this i'm going to go out there and do it whereas it's not like me let's say Stephen who works in financial marketing and he's like Ugh. Hi, Stephen. <laughs> oh, hi. Uh, and he's like oh I, I'm drunk I'm drunk with my mates and we've just been to the pub Ugh. Ugh, I'm messy unit Blah. oh hey 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 Tom do you do you want to do you want to go go on and go down and donate some blood yeah mate let's go down and do it like it's not that kind of a vibe it's not that journey and it doesn't make sense that people have, it, it, it just irritates me. The gays can't give blood, or men who sleep with men can't. Give, it's. Ugh. I mean, I as I said, I gave it in July, and then I quickly was like, "Oh, that's the one and only time I'm ever going to do that." So, now to have now to have... make sure that like I fight for it to be changed. Yeah, <laughs> I I agree. Um, so, oh, we've 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 gone on a frozen journey. Can you see me? Okay, guess who's back in the house? Here's click clack in the house. Blah 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 blah. I feel like there's someone famous who said that, and I can't. Was it Todrick Hall? Is that who did it, Fluke? 
who guess who's back in the house? Yeah. No. It was Mother. Oh, Mother Roo. Oh, okay. Of course. Oh, Cam. I can never remember. There are so many, like, maybe I'm just, like, forgetful in my old age. Speaking of things that are old, the Admiral Duncan has been around mm. for countless generations. And today, on social media, people have been saying, and there's been news articles to say that the Admiral Duncan is closing because of coronavirus and lockdown. Have you seen this? I haven't seen it. So what, like closing for good? Yeah. Oh. Feelings? <laughs> I mean, it's all, it's, I mean, that, it's always really sad to see like any any queer venue, any queer space, sorry, just my hair. I was gonna, <laughs> I, I genuinely, I was like, you know what else is sad to see? Your hairy knees, your hairy knees. I thought you I said you were- i my socks, okay? It's a bit cold, it's a bit chilly, I need, I need to keep my toes warm. Okay, so, like... so rather than wearing like a full, like a full trouser or a full outfit, like, I'm gonna- Girl, <laughs> you're, you're only paying for here up, that's all, that's all. I mean, that's the thing. You're not paying, so that's all you're getting. Hey, I, I am paying emotionally right now. I am paying. Yeah. Trust and believe. What can I say except you're welcome? <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. So yeah, so the Admiral Duncan, so okay, I will I explain, I was throwing a little bit of shade there. Um, the Admiral Duncan, on social media, a lot of people have been saying, oh, it's going to close, it's going to close, or it's closing, it's closing. Um, there are several LGBT venues that are, I, I don't know if they're connected to Admiral Duncan, but there are a few venues around Soho and Central London and LGBT venues. I know there's one in Birmingham that's recently closed. I think it was Eden. Is it Eden? Mm -hmm. I think yeah, Eden, Eden just Park. closed. So um, there are a lot of venues that are closing because of COVID and Corona. Um, do you have any thoughts, feelings and opinions? Because it's, this isn't just a queer situation. This is, this is across the board in terms of the um, entertainment industry in um, venues around the UK. Do you have thoughts and feelings about this? Yeah, I mean, first of all, the government give self-employed people money. Like, <laughs> oh, did you, did you see? Did you see um, Legato? Did you see that team? Yes, I did. But the thing is, with first of all, they are an amazing performer. Tea, they do tea. wonderful things. Full they tea. have a limited company. They are a limited company. It's not that a drag queen has been given this much money. They are a limited company that does multiple shows, whether mm -hmm. that's children's shows, which, by the way, I've seen are looking amazing, mm -hmm. like phenomenal, uh, up to like cabaret, burlesque, uh, adult shows, and in between everything that you could think of. They've been running for as a limited company for, I think it's a, a year or two years, which is the requirement. So, yes, they've been given Arts Council funding, and rightly so, because they do amazing work and yes they're the the face and the name of of the company but it's a limited company so they're paying corporation tax they're paying all of this other stuff that us as self-employed drag queens or performers are not mm -hmm. as, as a as a sole trader we're not a limited company anyway but i think it's amazing well done like, yeah so well done off. yeah well well done to legato for like managing to get their business out on in a proper way and um but how do you feel about um, the, the the venues potentially being closed? So, like, there are venues that are closing currently. So, like, Ian Bar, we said in Birmingham, has closed its doors. And the Admiral Duncan has sister venues, I think, I believe, that are closing. And the Admiral Duncan has released a statement or uh, 
the management team there have said that they're not going to open because of the restrictions that are currently happening because of the global yeah. pandemic. And they get about two people in there. Well, exactly. With, the Admiral Duncan. The Admiral Duncan Funny. is is a is a small venue, and it's a very uh, what's the word lengthy. It's more long than it is wide, so it's not same. It's not a. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, tea. <laughs> um, so it's not going to be an easy pl a place to be in when when there are like social distancing rules. Like, and you can't sit outside because it's bloody freezing. So well, there's no space to sit outside unless they like cordon off or close off. Um... I think they have. Well, I'm not sure. But I haven't Ballard Street, but I think they know in a lot of like places. They've mm. like, especially on Canal Street, they've like. Oh, in Manchester, off. and in, yeah. in Birmingham as well, they've cordoned off so that you can have outside seating. But even then, it's still restricted. And I think I'm in two minds about it because, like, the Admiral Duncan, as well, is such a part of queer history. Yeah, it like forever like it's been around forever it seems like mm. and it's it's such an important part like it was it was it's there for most things in in sort of queer history and but but then also and it's always really really sad to see a queer venue like shut down and everything mm -hmm. i think like and i don't want it to shut down yeah. get out there first yeah. of all like i don't want it to but i like i have an issue with certain queer spaces that are not inclusive and um necessarily like very like sort of cis white gay men mm -hmm. um so so i would like that to change but i of course i still want it to be there because it is a space for for for, for queer people and it's an important part of our history mm -hmm. like and it's it, i don't know it's just it's a pinnacle of 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 soho so it would be yeah and it's sad to see any venue like have to shut it's really sad and really just sort of like disgraceful of this government to give the least support they possibly can and put these stupid restrictions of chuck everyone else out. At, oh, speaking at of end. like, not even that, like the, the government, can, can we talk about the free school meals? Do you have a feeling about that? Well, yeah, because like I have like connections when I'm like, my nephew essentially is like, has um, free school meals and for him, luckily he's very lucky in the sense of like he has the like his his grandparents and and me to who are who are working quite fortunately um to be able to like help but it's not it's and yes like it hasn't been in in past times like throughout um like history in, in like half terms and i think free school ones haven't been a thing but neither has corona neither has a global pandemic like people are losing their jobs they were just barely scraping by and now it's even worse and if if you're in lockdown as well you've got two-thirds of your wages and you're not going to give you're not going to give them a, a like a sandwich you're not going to give them a sandwich like are you yeah. kidding me are you really that heartless that you would rather see like children starve yeah. essentially because because of because of the like i'm gonna put out because of the tory fuck oh sorry it's okay war. Because of the Tory, <laughs> passionate. Because of the Tory stigma of like people that are on benefits are a, this, are a, a stereotype, and this, mm -hmm. and this is what they'll do with it. No, people that have got children and get free school meals, they're gonna use it for their children yeah. to help them. Same. Like, I, d I just don't understand why anybody, anybody in their right mind, would vote against that to actually like help 
help vulnerable people, especially mm-hmm. especially during this time. Like when, but then I'm I mean I'm not really surprised because they haven't really been helping many vulnerable people throughout history. So, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, Sorry, I, I, went, I no, you went on a rant, but I enjoy it. I support you in your journey. Um, so. Um, so you're four children getting free school meals if they meet the requirements, obviously. Um, and um, uh, I think the queer venues that are, we want all queer venues to stay open and stay, uh, stay turning, ticking over and making a profit and keep their doors open. But we want all queer venues to be a little bit more inclusive. I think that was the, that was the understanding I got from your, your mild rant just there. Good. Well, uh, that made sense. <laughs> yeah. No, we're like uh, so. Like I, I have a, I have a mild. My, I don't know if I'm like. What's the word like? My first ever drag gig in a queer venue was at the Admiral Duncan. The first ever, the first ever time I did drag in my version of drag, many moons ago now. Um, was and it was the first gay bar or first queer bar that I'd ever performed at as well and so it ticked a lot of boxes for me in terms of my first time um, being a performer and so I I have memories of the venue and I don't want them to disappear I don't want them to mm. disappear but also I, I agree with you in terms of like I think I think some venues and the admiral duncan unfortunately is one of them that needs to have a think about restructuring and it has to have to have a look at what it means to be fully inclusive but i i will say that there are it is doing okay it's not the worst venue Mm. when it comes to inclusion it's there are people there are performers that do work there that are um uh, POC and trans so um, they're just not as maybe visible as what I would like them to be I think also because it has that sort of mentality of like I there was one of the first um, queer spaces I went to mm-hmm. um, when I first moved to London because because of the history yeah. of it and because it's and because it's one of the first things that comes up on a google search <laughs> sort of thing like when you're looking at and I think it yeah it it it's progressed from when I first went into it to what it is now. But however, mm. I still think it has a lot way, long way to go. But yeah. I, I don't just think that about that. I think that about a lot of like. I was going to say it, this is not just inclusive of one venue. This is a, oh no no no. This no, is no. endemic of of several venues, and I think there are a few venues. So I'm really excited because there's a new. Um, I believe, and I could be wrong here. But I think the there's a changeover of like management staff in one of the South London venues. I don't want to say the venue just yet, just in case I'm incorrect. But there is a South London-based venue that um, one venue book uh, promoter, venue booker um, was at one venue, and that venue is very established. That venue is very inclusive. It's very open. It's very tolerant. And that person has left that venue after a short time yes, and has I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> good <laughs> and has and has moved and has moved to a different venue that is maybe less has 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 the perception of being less inclusive and so i'm really excited to see what this Same. person brings to that venue because i know 
based on their you history. Just, yeah, look at their history and what they did with the last venue, and now you, you look, the possibilities are endless yeah. of what they can do with the next venue. Yes, so I'm really excited. But I don't want to give out names because I love, I love, and I've performed at both of these venues, and both of these venues are um, wonderful venues. Well, I think to this, the, the, the venue that they've just gone to, I think, was was trying like before lockdown and everything or even mm -hmm. before i went um off to lanzarote because i know that um like the collective that i'm part of uh, they were they were asking us and wanted us back constantly to yeah. to perform and everything which was great and and they were starting to try and i think their their way of they realized that we we could only try so much like we need to get outside outsourced help and that's what they've done which is a very very good move <laughs> i think so too um we'll leave um with this topic because i think we're going to run out of time but uh or maybe we've got two uh sex and we'll city be quick. well yeah we'll be, we'll we'll flick it we'll be quick we'll flick not it. the first time i've said that but we'll be quick <laughs> um, so sex in the city tv show in the was it uh, late 90s early 2000s i believe i can't remember it's been a journey um mm. i didn't watch it that much i can't remember every single episode i wasn't like a stan but there was in the episodes some of the episodes carrie bradshaw had a gay best friend stanford blatch okay he was um uh, is that the name of the character or yeah. the actor? The actor's name, oh. I will give you the name of the actor, hold up, I will tell you. It is... Disclaimer, I've never, I've watched two episodes of Sex in the City and that. Yeah, I've, I've watched a handful myself, but like, so Stanford Blatch, whose actor name, his, his, his actor name, actor, <laughs> his name is Willie Garson. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, which... That's what we needed in life. I'm such a child. <laughs> You're a child. I didn't. I didn't have my. I didn't have all the facts. Um, so, can you remember this character, or do you know who I'm talking about? When I, I, I do vaguely know who you're talking about, but okay. Yeah. So the 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 vague the vague thing is he was the larger than life, very camp as all, like mm -hmm. very like flamboyant, outwardly queer, just like yas queening the house down boots and being like very femme in the like early 2000s you've got that character in your head yeah yeah well yeah. it's pretty much the stereotype <laughs> of any character in the 90s or noise <laughs> i was gonna say like and, and that is and that is you that is me that is you like these characters are like very quintessential like i mean so, so there could only be one type of gay person on tv and that was very very camp and that's it yeah <laughs> um, <Friendly>. so um <laughs> said willie garson has mm. come out recently as being heterosexual and he did not want anyone to know when he was filming sex in the city at the time he didn't want people to know that he was straight he wanted people to know think he was gay based on his character because he didn't want gay people to be upset with him because he was straight that lying to them for years is absolutely fine. <laughs> I mean, that's the tea. So there's that issue, but also, I still. How do you? Okay, so you're an actor. How do you feel about? Do you feel a certain kind of way about cis straight men presenting, performing as gay 
uh, gay characters? How do you do you feel? Are you for yeah, it? Are you I against feel... it? Like, no, I'm not for it. No, <laughs> bog off. Let us actually have an opportunity to like get cast in something. I think there's. I can't remember what it was, but there was like a round table talk or something with Billy Porter and and lots of other people. And I think Chris Rock was in it. I don't know whether I'm mixing my references now, but Billy Porter put it perfectly, which was we're not against like. And I'm and I'm not against cis people playing um, gay. Uh, sorry, it's not cis. People, okay, straight people playing queer roles. Not against it in a sense of if we were seen for the straight roles, like because as soon as you as soon as you walk into a casting room and you've got a slightly effeminate voice, no, that's it. You're you can only play the gay character. That's it. But. Yeah. A straight person can walk into a room and camp it up a little bit, and oh, they're brave for doing that. And they're and no, like an actor's job is to portray someone that that's different to them, or yeah. that's a character. So yeah, everyone should be able to like kind of. And I think certain things require truth, and the actors to actually like so trans actors should play trans characters. I don't Same. understand why cis people are are playing trans characters ever um because you'll never un understand that as much research as you want to do you'll never understand that so get somebody that can actually understand and do the truth but and and, and likewise straight people don't understand what it's like to to be gay but when you're in the 90s and the noughties playing a stereotype a, a caricature of and a one-dimensional character which is what it used to be mm -hmm. and it still kind of is to a certain point but it's getting better with certain like shows oh and, no there are and, there's a few like i've been watching a few kids shows television show, kid, animated tv shows that are like pushing the boundaries in terms of queer representation i was watching there's three seasons of it and i've, I've forgotten the name of it it's going to irritate me to no end but there's a tv show where it's like an apocalyptic situation and all the humans have died except for like a handful and the like this sounds great <laughs> yeah it, no it genuinely it was too and like the the main character who is a poc um i think she's purple actually but like her dad's black and her dad's black and her mom's asian and then she's purple work that out it's a full journey it's a full journey but like um she finds a boy and she's like "Ooh, i like you i'm gonna ask you out on a date during this apocalyptic world and then he's like sorry about it i'm gay and it's like and this is a kid show this is a kid show and it's like oh okay they talked about like so there is a lot of like queer representation and there's a lot of like and it was it wasn't him being gay wasn't the major plot point he was like that was just like oh by the way oh by the way oh by the way I'm yeah. gay. And it's like, sorry about it. Until, like, a boy he was interested in was, like, on screen. It's like, <sighs> like it. but then that's the team with us as well, so. But uh, I think it's, I think especially that, grassroots, is it's about representation, not education. Because lots of people get scared of that and being like, you're forcing it on. But, like, it's just representing it. And I, yeah, yeah so when it, and, and anyway, coming back to the point, when it comes to this person, because uh, I'm confused in the sense of, like, they've, Sex in the City hasn't been on for ages. So like, why have they waited such a long period of time to, to like come out as straight? I and I think no, it probably, it, it probably. To be fair, it probably happened in news and it's just being recycled back into news again. But like, probably. who? Like, nothing else going on. So I mean, that's too nothing else. Speaking of nothing else going on, oh no, flicked a bit. Oh, oh, oh! I almost dead named you. 
I almost didn't oh. you. Um, so Flick, it's the end mm. of the show. Hello, bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see you later. Hasta mañana. Hasta luego. See you later. I've been watching Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. It's got a reboot. It is camp. It is Ooh. so good. I've been watching a lot of kids shows. I need to. I need to get more bookings. That's what I need. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of She-Ra. That She-Ra. Oh, is that what? Is that yeah. why you're influenced by this? No, she's like a seven foot tall <laughs> superhero. She's amazing. She's Thor's Thor's sister. Yeah, she's Thor's sister. Oh, wait, she what? Is gorgeous. Isn't that the one that Kate Blanchett played? I don't know, but is Kate Blanchett a good actress or is she just tall? Are you? Who knows? Are you coming into my place of work, driving you home, as an Australian-born performer, telling me? That Kate Blanchett cannot cannot can, how dare I didn't I didn't didn't specify I asked a question is she a good actress or <laughs> is she just tall? This is this is what happened to me on the BBC. So when someone asked me, they're like, "Oh, oh that up for you." There you yeah. go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <BBC>. <laughs> I, just, I didn't drop that there. Um, when like <laughs> when the presenter was like, uh, he was like, "Oh, do you think Kylie Minogue can sing?" I was like. What kind of question is what kind of what kind of how then you come for our Kylie? No, no, no. I mean, that's the tea. Oh, so Kylie can stay, but Kate Blanchett, she can get the boot. Is that what you're telling me? I mean, I'm not. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just posing a question. That's well, it. Well, you can pose all the way off, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, children of no genders. That was driving you homo. I would say you should follow Flick, but don't um, because she's a, <laughs> she's a terrible human. Um, uh, you can follow Flick at Flick. Uh, flick the drag queen. Uh, you can also follow Driving You Homo at Driving You Homo on all social media. Please like, favorite, rate, and subscribe the show. Um, give it a comment and tell people how pleasing um, this is to uh, your FaceTime. Otherwise, stay safe, stay beautiful, and I love you. Bye. Bye. Ooh, my voice is just broken. <laughs> <laughs> She's gone through puberty. Congratulations. Well done, Flick. <laughs> it took you long enough. Go. Mm.